Hello, Trek fans and uh, all the ships <laughs> at sea. We got great news for you. It's Miller time. What? 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 It's Miller time. You mean we're, day- we're getting a sponsor? No, oh. I wish. How does that song go, the Miller time? Jingle. When it's time to relax, one beer stands clear year after year. Yeah, but it should be one Trexpert. One Trexpert stands clear. Well, then you got to give me time to write the lyrics. Then, oh, okay, you have to spring it on me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Because well, why are we singing this dopey song? But it is Miller time because of Ashley Edward Miller. Ashley Edward Miller is the Miller's joining tale. the Inglorious Live 2023 tour. That's the live tour that Darren and I have uh, been on. At, uh, we're doing a bunch of conventions this year, a bunch of live uh, events, and uh, we're thrilled to say that Ashley Edward Miller will be joining us on our next stop in Richmond, Virginia on March 24th through the 26th. That's March 24th through the 26th in Richmond, Virginia uh, at GalaxyCon. And, and it won't just be Darren and me and Ashley. Um, if you failed the city, Stephen Amell will be there. The great uh, Green Arrow, David Tennant. Who? David Tennant. Who? Yeah, David Tennant. Who? Um, <laughs> Catherine Tate will be uh, his companion on the trip. And uh, the great uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Private Pyle, will be there with his uh, bald head and uh, looking very intimidating. And uh, so that's exciting. Of course, and the great. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the great Bill Shatner is going to be there. The great Bill Shatner is going to be there. And the great John Cleese. Yes, isn't that amazing? That's exciting. Yeah, as long Very as he d- doesn't do that scene from A Fish Called Wanda where he goes out the window with the Oh, I hope plant. not. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fish Called Wanda. I do Apparently, too. That movie is not as much in the zeitgeist anymore as... Archie Leach. Archie Leach, named after the great Cary Grant. Cary Grant. Yeah, I love that movie, but I guess because of the, it's the st- Kevin Klein is the st- not Kevin Klein, uh, yeah, is the stuttering. Kevin Klein. No, but I'm saying that the stuttering apparently is oh, now made yes, that movie. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, apparently, that's a not a, a yeah, thing. That Michael Michael know. Palin and his stuttering character. I, I just think it's a very funny movie. So there it's you go. great. Uh, John Frakes, our good friend John yeah. Frakes will be there. Fantastic. Gates is going to be there. I'm sure he's going to have a lot to talk about after the premiere of uh, Star Trek Picard. Indeed. Um, Terry Farrell, who we love, is going to be there. Hopefully, we'll be monitoring. And if you missed our, our Terry Farrell panel at uh, Comic Con, I mean, at uh, Galaxy yeah, Con Columbus, Columbus. Uh, which was not recorded through no fault of our own, uh, then you really want to be there uh, for our encore uh, QA with Terry because we're going to try to do it exactly the same. We ask the exact same questions, <laughs> word for be word, like a complete encore presentation. <laughs> uh, Katie Katie Sackhoff's going to be there. Oh, that's going to be fun. She's only, awesome. Only the birds, right? Wait, only the what? Only the what did they say in Galactica? Only the wind. Only the <laughs> I don't know. What are they, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is the problem. The show's so old now. So say we all. No, they of course so say we all. But you know, nothing but the nothing but the wind. Nothing but the. I don't know, whatever. Wow, I'm completely missing this reference. I'm sorry. Uh, Carrie Jones is going to be there, who played my second favorite Wookiee. Uh, in uh, second uh, favorite Wookiee. I was going to say in the Ballad of Boba Fett. But that's what, what he's called? Oh, no, no. <laughs> he played Black Chrysanthem. Oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. I, I call it the Ballad of Boba Fett. It's not the Ballad of Boba Fett. What was it called? Although that was it's the Book, book of, of Boba Fett, but I think the Boba Ballad Fett. of Boba Fett would have been better. Yeah, that's Probably true. Been shorter. That's true. Then there's a bunch of uh, Power Rangers are going to be there. I don't know who they are. And uh, uh, Steve Whitney, uh, the Kermit the yeah. Frog. 
Um, uh, Dave Foley is going to be there. Ross Marquand is going to be from Walking Dead. And he also uh, replaced Hugo Weaving, if you remember, in uh, The Avengers. Uh, and of course, right. of course, we have uh, uh, non oh, well, super guests, super, guests. super guests, Superman. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Jeff E., Sarah Douglas, Jack O'Halloran, and my favorite, Mariel Hemingway from Manhattan. And, and uh, is Mark Bello going to be there, too? He is, Nuclear Man. Nuclear He's going to be explosive. <laughs> <laughs> and Barry, Barry Boswick's going to be back. Okay, nice. well, listen, this is a long promo. This is a long promo. You know, normally promos are supposed to be like 30 seconds, but we just couldn't help ourselves. We're excited. Don't blame we're, us. We're excited. The Inglorious Live Tour has been a hit, and it's going to continue at Richmond, Virginia. So we hope we'll see you there at the end of March. And uh, if uh, that's not convenient for you, we will be heading to Raleigh, Virginia, Austin, Texas, and, of course, San Diego Comic-Con later this year. So uh, hopefully we'll see you at one or more. I think it's Raleigh, North Carolina. What I say? Raleigh, Virginia. Oh, yeah, it's, it's North Carolina. What are you talking about? It's North Carolina. Jeez, man. It's not even it's not even late. I don't have an excuse for it. There's no excuse. So if you want more information on these and many other fine shows, go to galaxycon.com, galaxycon.com, and uh, we hope to see you there. Mark A. Altman, Darren Doctorman, Ashley Edward Miller. Three fans who became professionals and then became Trexperts. Inglorious Trexperts. Listen wherever you find podcasts or go to trexpertsplus.com. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know the 50-year mission is definitive oral history of Star Trek, and Secrets of the Force will tell you everything you want to know about the history of Star Wars. But what you probably don't know is Ed Gross and I have a new book coming out this July. They shouldn't have killed this dog. The complete uncensored ass-kicking oral history of John Wick, Gun Fu, and the new age of action. Coming from St. Martin's in hardcover, digital, and audio. You can order it today. This is Mark A. Altman, and welcome back to the 430 movie. This week, it's Cruise Control, the films of Tom Cruise. And back for this exciting sixth season are all your favorite 430 movie hosts, even the ones that aren't your favorites. They're here, too. It's <laughs> Mr. Monday, Stephen Melching. I got a need for speed. On Monday. Tuesday, he's back. Darren R. Dockerman. Help me help you. <laughs> help and me help you. <laughs> on Wacky Wednesday, it's the wackiest host of all, <laughs> Ashley Edward Miller. Sometimes you just got to say, what the? <laughs> <laughs>
And uh, I'm mixing it up, the mixologist, on Thursday. <laughs> I got multiple ingredients that are going in. Uh, I'm Mark A. Altman, and I'm here for Thursday. For those of you who are new to the podcast, uh, the 430 movie is an homage to the great 430 movie of old, um, where we program fantasy theme weeks of classic movies uh, broken down by theme. This is our sixth season. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, there's some great episodes you can go back to. And like last season... We're breaking all the rules that used to be that you couldn't pick a film that had been picked on the show before, but now that's all out the window. You can pick a film, any film, as long as it's germane to what we're talking about, unless you're Ashley. Which is why every week I'm going to pick the same film. (laughs) I'm allowed to pick any one of the Jackson 5, including Jermaine. (laughs) <laughs> was um, Tom Cruise in uh, Cloak and Dagger? I, I feel like my <laughs> yes, yes, he was. <laughs> he was well, behind this the is, second uh, cloak. It seems uh, it seems only appropriate that we would choose this as the theme for our inaugural season premiere, um, because of course it was a big, 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 big year. Probably James, almost James Cameron, big for <laughs> um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tom Cruise. He had a huge, huge hit in Top Gun Maverick. Uh, got a lot of butts back in the seats. And probably got a lot of people signing up for the military too. Um, and uh, it, it, it filmed in big grosses and uh, a lot of repeat business. And and it does what big movies are supposed to do. Um, did it surprise you? I mean, because Top Gun, as as much as I think people remember Top Gun, I don't feel it's like an Indiana Jones movie or Star Wars or you know some movie where people were like clamoring for a sequel. It, it felt like a one-off, you know, and it was a long time ago and it, you know, kind of told a complete story and it never spawned a franchise uh, until now. So, right. it, it, you know, I, it, it was it was pleasantly surprising to see, you know, how well they captured the spirit of the original movie. And, uh, yeah, well, I can tell you that part of the reason why it <laughs> there were never sequels is uh, there's a there's a law of I don't know if it's a law of biology or physics, um, but uh, I call it uh, the law of conservation of gorillas. And uh, basically, the the law works like this: that any project can only sustain sixteen hundred pounds worth of gorilla, which works out to about two eight hundred pound gorillas. Mm. And a Top Gun, you had Jerry Bruckheimer, eight hundred pound gorilla. Tony Scott, 800-pound gorilla. Tom Cruise, 800-pound gorilla. Uh, That's 2,400 pounds worth of gorilla, (laughs) thus making a sequel impossible. By the way, there is the Spielberg corollary. Uh, Spielberg weighs 1,200 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) You also have David Ellison, who sort of weighs it at 600 uh, uh, pounds as well. Um, That's a really interesting uh, thing because... You know, it's funny. I, I would have thought, you know, to me, it was like, you know, when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh, Staying Alive. Remember when they did Staying Alive, the sequel sure. to Saturday Night Fever, a movie that had no reason to exist whatsoever? But yeah, but um, the scene where uh, John Travolta disco dances his way onto the enemy base and then uh, steals the disco ball and flies <laughs> home. <laughs> that was a good pitch, Ashley. I don't know why they didn't go with that. <laughs> Look, the, that was the, my pitch. The real the real thing about this is that, honestly, the original in the 80s wasn't all that great. 
It's fine. It's 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 a fine movie, and it it has a beginning, middle, and end, and it's fun to watch. It's not a classic, but now in our you know in our tepid times of uh, entertainment in the theaters, uh, it uh, it stands out like a beacon in the darkness, uh, which is uh, a bit odd. I I do hear that they're going to be releasing it again with uh, the addition of some digital weather balloons uh, for them. To shoot. <laughs> That's 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 the top gun number he three. Stole my balloons. <laughs> Maverick, so, uh, Maverick pops a bunch of balloons. Top you know, clearly three. Top Gun was was uh, you know, um, well, to steal Ashley's phrase, the ten ton gorilla of um, 2022. I guess next to Avatar two, obviously. But um, I'd love to ask you before we jump in, before we jump into the um, uh, cruise control week, um, what was your favorite film of night of 2022? year of last year do you do you guys have a favorite film steve oh boy uh i i actually thought 22 was a pretty strong year for for movies uh i saw a lot at least compared to the last several years there were a lot of movies i really liked um Mm. like i really liked um the whale i really liked empire of light i really liked living with bill nye He's pulling an Altman. I asked for his favorite film, <laughs> yeah. and he's going through the list. <laughs> he, I really he's like trying to. Uh, he's like, if I bothered to see these movies, I'm going to mention them on yeah. the show. <laughs> no, I like the uh, the Batman. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of strong, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. What about uh, you, Ash? Three thousand years you, of longing. Uh, I probably would have said the Batman, um, but but then I saw. But I think, and it might just be the fact that I just saw it, but uh, uh, my favorite film of 2022. Amsterdam. Yes. Uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Mm. which just blew me away with like just how it it had no business. There was a there's a YouTube video because there were so many reaction videos to that movie, like people just expressing disbelief. And Mm. my favorite title of a YouTube video of about that film was... Puss in Boots 2 did not need to go that hard. It sounds like an <laughs> onion headline. That's funny. It's a sequel to a spinoff. It has no business being good, let alone great. And it's great. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> so I want to ask, uh, Darren, what about you? Do you have a favorite movie of 2022? You know, I think uh, mine is a toss-up between the uh, the three movies I actually saw in a theater. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll pick two of them. I, I like the Batman and uh, and Maverick. Um, I thought they were both uh, uh, surprising and uh, and fulfilling for what they offered. And uh, I particularly like to to see the Batman as a detective for a change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really uh, uh, you know I don't know I I must be losing it because he says Maverick. We just were talking about it, and the first thing I think about is Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster. Right, <laughs> and it's like I, I mean, we literally talk, we were talking old. about Maverick, and it took me a second. To, I mean, I'm not kidding. Uh, to, to, no, I know. To say, oh, wait a second. He's not talking about the Western. He's talking about <laughs> the, the Top Gun sequel. Oh, man. 
This is crazy, but I can't believe we're back. I think it's the 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 excitement over being back. I mean, it's been a long time, guys, since we uh, recorded these. And in the, the offseason, the show's really taken off. It's amazing. I think they prefer the repeats to the original episodes because uh, <laughs> it's I? like Star Age Trek one. or something. But uh, because we are we have we have. Uh, we're 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 doing really well. I mean, this is a show that we did you know started. We had nice loyal listenership, and you know, over these last couple of seasons, we've 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 really. Uh, I don't know if, if if through social or people word of mouth or whatever. The show's Are you really saying off. that all of our fees have just doubled? Yeah, <laughs> twice nothing is still nothing. Uh, nice. So I, I think uh, it's, this the show. The topic is evergreen, um, and people like of. Many people obviously love the movies or, you know, nobody would be making $2 billion at the box office. And I think people like fun conversation about mm. stuff they like. Yeah. We have a fun conversation and it's structured. And, you know, I think we just, we have good Loosely. chemistry, gang. I think that's the, that's the <laughs> trick. Just yeah. a good show. I'll just okay. say welcome back to our uh, returning listeners and, and welcome if you're a new listener. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Except you, man. Yeah. yeah, you. I'm looking at you. You go home. <laughs> no, we, we look, obviously, there was a lot during the offseason. A lot of people, when are you coming back? This is ridiculous. You've been gone too long. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, thankfully, we've all been very busy. And, of course, we have that other podcast, uh, Inglorious Trexperts, uh, that we've been um, busy, uh, busy uh, sending out episodes into the stratosphere into the world like contacts sending out into the universe (laughs) but it's not really radio waves like podcasts you know like when the world is destroyed all those tv signals and radio signals will be out there for other civilizations but But not podcasts podcasts. are gone they're history (laughs) that's too bad unless someone can can decode wi-fi in the future i think we're out of luck (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know the show will not survive the end of the earth that is really just unfortunate. Um, okay, so today's show is Cruise Control. And as always, we're going to program a week of uh, uh, films, uh, either uh, starring or produced or directed. He never directed, but um, by um, the legendary actor Tom Cruise. And Steve, tell us why, the, uh, you know, certainly they say... They say there's no devil, Jim. They say there's no movie stars anymore. But it's hard to argue that Tom Cruise is not only a movie star, but maybe our biggest movie star, him along with Harrison Ford, right? Um, So uh, tell us, what an incredible career, what an eclectic career. Um, You know, why do you think Tom Cruise has been so successful? You know, that's a, you know, that's a good question. He, you know, he is a true superstar. This is his, what, his fifth decade as a as a movie star and mm. uh he's someone who is able to play of uh, i was gonna say i was gonna say a variety of roles but his range isn't great uh he tends to stick to to dramas uh action films and, and genre films but um he he's a surprisingly good dramatic actor um who has uh, some good range there and is just has incredible charisma on screen he's likable uh he he plays a lot of smart characters um and he's just he's fun to watch and he's got a a great sense of picking projects Uh, i mean you know you just look at his filmography and you know it's it's pretty incredible the uh, yeah, well, the, the films he's made we'll get into that in more detail uh, uh, i'm sure i'm sure we we will um uh, darren we, would you consider yourself a tom cruise fan i i'm i'm not i'm not against him 
I, I, I enjoy the movies that he's in. I'm not necessarily a fan of his, uh, his personal persona. Um, but I think that what he does in movies is good and appealing and, uh, mm. uh, and, uh, he brings something, he brings star quality to, uh, every movie he's in. And I think that's a valuable thing. Um, and he also, he, he has good taste in projects that he does. And so that's uh, valuable as well. And not only that, the dedication that he brings to these roles. I mean, there are a few actors that are so intense, you know, as Tom Cruise and, you know, uh, as a physical actor, as Harrison Ford calls it, you know, his, the way he constantly is training and, you know, learning to fly helicopters and airplanes and doing so many of his own stunts to some degree it's yeah. you know his dedication and his his work ethic is pretty incredible well and i gotta say that comes you know also extends obviously to marketing the movies and you know recently there was a lot of attention jonah hill said his anxiety won't allow him to do you know press junkets anymore to publicity or whatever you know and you look at tom cruise and I mean, my God, what he he is, you know, a machine when it comes to promoting his films. I think that's part of why his success. He travels the world. He 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 makes every fan, every journalist feel super special, like the center of his world. And, um, you know, he supports his uh, his projects uh, in a big, big way, which is uh, which is, you know, in, in that sense, it is an old time movie star. You know, like when they would send Clark Gable out on, you know, to all the different states to do, you know, the theaters where the films were opening and to talk to the newspaper reporters and do these things. And and he's definitely a throwback to that classic star. So, Ashley, I got to ask you, I mean, have you ever had a project as a writer where you met with Tom Cruise or a Tom Cruise project? Uh, a couple of times. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's an interesting cat, man. I mean, the one thing that you can say about, about him, um, is as, as Steve said, that he is incredibly dedicated. He puts his whole self into everything that he is doing and he expects that from everybody around him, mm. but he expects it with a smile, not with a scowl. Mm -hmm. um, he is very good at walking up to you, shaking your hand, learning your name and saying it so he remembers it. I mean, he's just that guy. Everything is very intense. I was working um, uh, on a on a project with uh, with Brian Singer when uh, Chris McQuarrie was shooting. Was it uh, was it? Yeah, six. Mi six. Mm -hmm. And when he did the helicopter stunt, and it was video shot inside the cockpit. Of right. like of Tom doing that oh, helicopter, wow. yeah, yeah, and uh, it, the, just the the intensity of that, just just like video from a phone, <laughs> him doing that stunt and the look on his face, uh, it just crazy, like not like crazy in a bad way, but just like wow, man, mm. like you know, you, you are you are super human, um, <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget. Um, you know, uh, uh, Zach and I, my erstwhile writing partner and I were working on uh, doing some work on one of the Mission Impossible movies. And uh, we were on the phone with him and we were pitching out an action sequence, just like a, a big one. And we kind of laid it out. It was big. It was complicated. All the stuff was happening. You know, it was like, it was almost like beat for beat, like what the action scene was going to be, because that's what he expects. And when you get to the end of that, that pitch, and there's silence on the phone. And all I could think was, oh, shit. 
and nobody said anything. And then Tom goes, guys, that was great. I need 20 more just like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's hysterical. Well, there you go. That's Tom Cruise, movie star, writ large. See you next uh, week. Oh, we're gonna yeah. see. We're gonna see what what Tom Cruise films program the perfect week. And just a reminder, we're not picking the best films. We're picking the films that pair to create the perfect souffle of uh, and 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 films that complement each other. And and it's a combination of the classics as well. Maybe films that are a little obscure that you may not be as familiar with. We're Which is, picking, uh, and, then, and, then, picking, and then we don't know what actually is criteria is. <laughs> We're picking the best ones the that we I'm can think of that haven't been picked previously uh, by the other guys. Yeah, none, none of us knows what anyone else has picked. We can guess, no one but knows. We, we don't know. Yeah, we can guess, and we have real. guessed. Sometimes <laughs> we guessed, and other times we failed completely. So, as always, we start on Monday with Steve Melching, who will tell us what we'll be watching of the Tom Cruise oeuvre on Monday. So, you know, I sat down and looked at Tom's filmography to to see what I was going to pick, and I thought I knew what movie I was going to pick going into mm. it, and I, I gave it another watch, and it's a terrific movie, and he's great in it. And then I thought, you know, I'm gonna gonna revisit a couple of these other films that I haven't seen in a while. Doing and the then, homework, yeah. And then there were a couple that there's there's one that I'd never seen, and I thought, you know, I, I kind of want to check this movie out. I've never seen it. I kind of remember deliberately avoiding it when it came out because it didn't look like it would interest me. And so I put it on, and within five minutes, I'm like, this movie's great. What the hell was I thinking? I think I got to pick this one. So for my pick, I'm going back to a time uh, early in Tom's career. Uh, I'm going to the year 1983. And Tom Cruise had four movies come out in 1983, uh, of which I saw none of them. And since then, it was many years before I saw uh, before I saw three of them, and one of them I still have never seen, and probably never will see. But this one really surprised me. Um, It's uh, from 1983. It's all the right moves. You guys are going to go out in your lives, you're going to achieve some great successes, and I hope and pray you do. But no matter what the future's going to bring, there's seldom going to be a moment like tonight when you hold it all in your hands. Together! And that's how we're going to win this game! We're going to win it together! We're going to win together! Come on now! Tom Cruise is Stefan Georgievich, a kid whose dreams are bigger than the town he lives in. What are you looking for, Steph? Looking to trade football for an education and still be able to walk. I hate football. I just like to watch number 33 run around in those tight black pants. His future depends on getting out. I mean, now you can't even get a job in that damn mill. You mean that mill over there where your father works? Where your brother works? When my brother was laid off. You too good for us or something? No, sir. I just want to go to college. But the odds are against him. Are you do it my way or it's a highway, Georgia Vick? I want to see some film on Riley, Georgia Vick, and Oliver. Georgia Vick, I'm going to take a pass on it. 
and gets on the coach's bad side. And to make things worse, when uh, after the the team loses this game, uh, some of the townspeople uh, vandalize the coach's house and the coach comes out in time to see Tom Cruise, who didn't really want to be part of this group. He sort of got brought along with them. He's recognized by the coach and the coach blackballs him with all the college recruiters. So now he's got nothing and he's going to be stuck in this freaking town forever. He has all the wrong moves. It's all the wrong moves. And, uh, you know, I won't spoil the ending, but it, you know, it is a 40 year old movie, but, um, you know, it, it, uh, it's, uh, it's it's a great drama, and his girlfriend is played by Leah Thompson in one of her mm. first roles, and she's absolutely luminous uh, in the role. And um, I, I just was really, you know, it, it's not a particularly original story. It's, you know, pretty stereotypical in a lot of ways, but the storytelling is really good. It's, it's well-made. The uh, director was Michael Chapman, who is uh, best known as a, he was a camera operator on The Godfather and uh, Jaws, and he was the DP on a great, it was an Oscar-winning director of photography on Taxi Driver and uh, Raging Bull and The Lost Boys and The Fugitive. Uh, and the cinematographer on this movie was John DeBont. Or Jan DeBont or John? Jan DeBont. Jan DeBont. Um, one of his earlier uh, efforts as a DP, he, of course, he went on to be the DP on Die Hard, Hunt for Red October, and Basic Instinct, and directed Speed and Twister. Um, so it's got a really good, you know, above the line group of people making this movie. So it's it's well told. And um, I, I was just, it, this movie really surprised me. And I was really delighted by it. So I, I decided... It, 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 when it came out, you know, it would cost about five, six million dollars to make. It only made about 17, 18. So it was a kind of a break even film at the time. But uh, mm -hmm. I think it's worth I think it's worth a look. OK, I all the right that movie, by the way, but primarily because um, I mean, look, it's like I love, you know, that that uh, that milieu like it. It speaks to me like, you know, my family is all from around there and uh you know, so it, it 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 feels familiar to me in a lot of ways. Um, I always loved his character in that movie, and it kind of shows you uh, very early on some of the greatness of Tom Cruise and kind of what he does, like what he does very well, right? Which is um, playing somebody who outwardly has tons of confidence and is very charismatic but has an interior life where there is doubt, uh, you know, where there is fear, where there are all these, these things, um, that are, that are happening up there. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I always love the, um, just the, just the vibe of that film, like the combination of his charisma and that visual tone that you're talking about and sort of the, the bleakness really of kind of the story I think was really effective. So I, I dig it. I think it's a great pick. And Tom's performance, you know, he he's 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 a good kid, you know, who's in a bad circumstance, and he's an honest kid, and he comes clean and he apologizes to this coach and he tries to make amends, and the coach just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he said, "My home life is screwed up. I'm seeing ghosts. My daughter disappeared." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, look, that's a great pick. It's a great way to start the week, of course, because. It was really the start of an auspicious career. Not literally. You know, he had done some pictures earlier. I mean, he first really got some attention in um, 
Well, it may be somebody's pick, so we're not going to talk yeah, about don't, that. Yeah, we'll, so let's we'll go talk to, about it later. Let, let's <laughs> go to uh, let's go to Tuesday and Darren Docterman for his pick for Cruise Control Week. Tuesday. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> Sorry, Ashley. Um, <laughs> you can have my line today. This is one of the most difficult selections I've ever done on this show because mm. there are so many good movies to choose from and yeah. so many that I really, really like. So it's even now I have like four or five, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, dancing in front of my eyes. Friday's uh, going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I have to pick from, um, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the uh, out of the box choice, uh, like my friend Ashley would, and uh, I know what it is. Oh, do you? Yeah, but I'm not gonna say. Can I write Good. it down? Oh, I'll write it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, write it down. Where's my yellow sticky? Yeah, you you, you probably know what I'm gonna pick. Well, we'll see. Maybe I don't. Yeah, but you okay, probably maybe I guess. guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna guess. I got my guess. I'm probably wrong. Okay, I'm, I'm locked in. Don't. I'm locked in. Don't. 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 Yes, it's it's Battlefield Earth. No, uh, <laughs> he went. Oh, not friendly. He'll he'll not even in there. John Travolta steals a disco oh. ball. Okay. Um, nope. Um, okay. You want to know? What, well, I, I, you want me to? I think you'd say wait, it. Wait, wait, say it. And then I'll say if I was right or wrong, and have this to prove it. It is almost a uh, almost a cameo role in 2008's Tropic Thunder. Something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Oh come on, man. Don't you down me, Foley! I'm sorry, can we cut? <laughs> what is going on here? Hey, I'm about to jump off this, this helicopter like Wesley Snipes. I'm doing the scene right now. What I'm scene? in The scene is about emotionality. Where is it? Oh, God! I am dealing with a bunch of prima donnas. The action guy. Who left the fridge open? Winner. Critically acclaimed Australian actor Kirk Lazarus underwent a controversial procedure in order to play the platoon's African-American sergeant. I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. The comedian. You think you can do what I do? Take a picture of this. This summer. You want to make this movie right? We take those boys up there, put them in the trees. Shoot the whole thing gorilla style. Real fear in the right. Yes! Yes! The movie they think they're making. Exterior. Rainforest. Dust. Cut to a frightening jungle. Isn't a movie anymore. I'm not a matrix. So what? This feels pretty real! Exactly. Let's use it! Uh-huh. I got speed, man. Some of us might not make it back. What do you mean? Like, not on the same flight? Who send you here? Oh. Hey, dude, you all right? Totally lean into that, bro. You want to do one more? Ah! I don't believe you, people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Thunder. To go a lot of drown just to get up that hill. 
No, we up in the big league. That's the theme song for the Jeffersons. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You out of your mind. What? You really need help. Man, just because the theme song don't make it not true. Ding, 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 nice. ding, ding, ding. Nice. Do well, I know my Tuesdays or do I know my Tuesdays? On occasion, you do. Okay. On this time, you do. Um, yeah, uh, his uh, his role of his uh, heavily makeup role as Les Grossman, the uh, the more gross man uh, we haven't seen on screen. Uh, uh, let's just say he's uh, uh, he is exactly what you think a, a sleazy Hollywood uh, uh, executive uh, producer would be. Um, uh, it's the movie itself is a classic. Uh, horrific comedy that would never get made today. Um, it is uh, so un-PC in pretty much every way. It is our, our modern modern version of Blazing Saddles. Uh, <laughs> it is so uh, hilarious in spots and extremely technically well done. I mean, this is uh, you know Ben Stiller directing, and it is a it is a uh, a masterpiece writ large uh, of uh, a commentary on uh, you know Vietnam films, Hollywood itself, uh, the uh, the over uh, achievement of uh, of creatives and actors uh, acting out, and it's so funny. Especially if you consider that uh, most of it is absolutely true. Um, <laughs> uh, look, it has uh, Ben Stiller stars in it as a uh, as a, an action uh, actor. Uh, uh, Jack Black as a uh, a sort of uh, actor who uh, sort of delves into uh, really raunchy comedies, and also this is uh, one of his first uh, serious quote serious acting roles, and of course Robert Downey Jr. as a, an Australian actor playing a black actor playing a black character. Um, <laughs> it is uh, hilarious and completely off base and and uh, just some amazing uh, funny moments that are really cringeworthy because uh, it's it's just so great. And of course, uh, back home, uh, they they get in, they get involved in uh, trying to shoot this movie that has been completely screwed up from the top down and they get in big trouble when they are uh, out on their own thinking that they are shooting the movie when they're actually dealing with actual bad guys in the in the jungle and it's uh it's so well done and uh tom cruise basically shows up out of nowhere as this character and uh uh you know at first you don't know who it is which is pretty amazing uh well the prosthetics are so good the oh, prosthetics God. are so good and he, you know <laughs> He, he's basically sort of like a a handsome Harvey Weinstein, uh, which is which is absolutely crazy. Um, but he does a, a, an amazing job, and he he throws his ego away because he he lets it all hang out, literally and figuratively. Um, and it's uh, it's so much fun to watch him uh, uh, go for it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a standout uh, performance uh, that is that he kept very quiet. I, I love that movie um, because it is basically Galaxy Quest meets Splatoon. Yeah, totally. Um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and Tom Cruise is awesome. I mean, you know, I mean, just a nutless monkey could do your job. I mean, it's just, 
it just feels there is some verisimilitude uh, to his acting choices that uh, that I admire. Yeah. I, I love Tropic Thunder. You know, we we uh, we do our movie night every Saturday with the family, and we did Tropic Thunder a couple of couple of months ago, and uh, it's just so funny, and the performances are great. And I actually had seriously considered picking this mm. uh, film uh, <laughs> because his performance is Les Grossman, Les Grossman, right? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so as so great. To, it's a real comedic more Grossman. It, it's a real comedic tour de force, and. Um, you know, he's having so much fun and it's so rare to see Cruz look like he's having fun on screen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, because he's such an intense actor, even you know, when he's not supposed to be, he's very intense. And, and apparently um, he didn't break any bones during this, which is uh, and, and he's <laughs> he's great, and everyone's having so much fun. And you know, for anybody who's familiar with you know Hearts of Darkness and the story of Apocalypse Now or Heaven's Gate, I mean, you know, it's it's all these stories put into a blender, all and 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 the pretentiousness and poking fun at, at, at Hollywood. Um and it's just it's just a delight from from start to finish. And uh, you know, everyone in the film is great. And and it's interesting because Tom Cruise has tried to develop that character into a feature for many, many years. I don't think it's ever gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh he, you know, he loves that character and he 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 you know famously um brought him back, I think it was during the MTV movie awards, right and did a great <laughs> skit with him. He loves playing that character. And um it's 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 just part of a really wonderful well, film. Well, the great thing is that character will still be there when he turns eighty. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. portray it without uh, the benefit of makeup. It's uh, it's easy to forget that the you know that movie was in some ways make or break for Tom Cruise um, mm. because he was coming off of having mm. just crapped away like all of his goodwill with yep. the, with the public, like mm. almost to the level of a Will Smith, but without the slap heard around the world. Right. Um, you know, he had you know changed publicists. Uh, he like it made some it made some choices that were very like out of character for him in terms of his public appearances. Like things just kind of got out of control. And his image, his image was very tarnished. And mm-hmm. when he did Tropic Thunder, it was a brilliant that he was in all of that makeup because what it meant was in context we had to discover him again. We literally mm-hmm. had to unwrap him and go, mm-hmm. oh, there he is. There's that guy, and he's really <laughs> yeah. funny and he's charming and we like him and he just stole this movie out from underneath this list of dudes Mm -hmm. that it would seem very difficult to steal a a movie from and Mm. without it you know i think the arc of his his career is very different i don't think he could have just done an action movie and uh, had the resurgence that he had yeah. yeah, he got a uh, Golden Globe nomination for that uh, mm. performance as well. And it's not a substantial role, as you mentioned, no. Darren. It's, you know, a couple he, of scenes. Yeah. It's very, you know, co- yeah, a couple of scenes, you know. So, fant- really, really, uh, really great pick. Uh, and, I'll, and, I'll, let me just say that that movie came out the same weekend as the movie I co wrote, The Clone Wars. <laughs> and I remember the seeing the tracking reports. The studios d- develop these tracking reports uh, every week to, to try to figure out what, you know, how new releases are going to do. And Clone Wars was tracking to crush Tropic Thunder. And uh, so I was feeling pretty good. And uh, of course, the, the reverse happened. <laughs> We got crushed by Tom. But I had heard that Ben Stiller was very upset with those tracking numbers. He was, uh, but uh, he got the last laugh. <laughs> and, and it was a terrific movie. 
Yeah, it really, it, it really is. And I think there's a misunderstanding about the Robert Downey Jr. I, it became like this big thing like a year or two ago where people were talking about, oh, this is how, how did we not notice that blackface was back in vogue? And like, that's not at all it's what, not what it's, it's about. It, it's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's satirizing and, 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 um, it's know, showing it's showing what an idiot his character is. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just it's it's just these pretentious, you know, performers and the, the lengths they'll do the, you know, to 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 win an Oscar and it, it has nothing to do. It's not no, uh, it's, it's not Mickey not Mickey Rooney, no. you know, trying to play yeah, a Japanese right, character. Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. And, and exactly. I saw an interview with Dave Chappelle uh, a few years ago, and he said it's the most amazing thing he's ever seen, and he, he <laughs> loved it so much. And uh, he actually talked to Downey and uh, and said, "Listen, man, you did good. So uh, good, <laughs> you good know, because thought. he's not a it's not a racist film. Not it's all. not a temp. It's 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 quite the opposite. It's actually, you know, it's it just it, and it just it's very it's very funny. And look, comedy is about pushing buttons, and it does that very successfully. Yep. So, um, Ashley, um, we're 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 Wednesday." And uh, we've had two uh, fabulous picks, uh, uh, All the Right Moves and um, uh, Tropic Thunder. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, where we land with uh, with you. So at first, I have to admit, when I began thinking of uh, movies for this week, I, I had forgotten that this was about Tom Cruise. I thought it was just movies about cruises. And I thought... Well, cruising, you pick cruising <laughs> with Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> you know, deep rising. What else is out there? I, I don't know. Um, but uh, but then I I figured it out. You know, Steve already mentioned that. Um, well, a couple of things. Number one, the sheer volume volume of work, as Darren pointed out, there's just a lot of things you could pick from because the man is just that productive he does that many films uh and steve pointed out uh when he picked uh uh all the right moves that 1983 was kind of an astonishingly busy year for that man um he made four movies in 1983 that's that's crazy to me i don't even know if you could do that uh in 2023 i don't even know if that's possible <laughs> they didn't even um, make four somehow movies that happened and in many ways, you know, I think that um, that Tom Cruise kind of saturating the zone uh, in 1983 went a long way towards embedding him um, in kind of the, the 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 pop culture psyche. Right? It's like, oh, okay, we know who that guy is because he won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> Always there. He's in the house. He's like he's cleaning. He's, he's in the house. He's in the house. He's calling from inside the house. Tom Cruise is. Would he would weird. do that. He would literally go to everybody's house and say, please come knock on doors. Please come see my movie. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> like a, you know, a, a Mormon just going to go door to door. <laughs> you heard the good news. Um, and uh, man, there are so many movies, uh, particularly from 1983, that I was like, you know what? That would be a great pick. And then I thought I have a particular responsibility, especially in a season premiere of uh, the 4.30 movie. And that particular responsibility is to redefine the box. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, it is. It is the deep cut. It is the strange choice. Um, and uh, so that's that's where I am. Uh, my pick for Wednesday for our season premiere <laughs> is Tom Cruise in. I am not making this up. Curtis Hanson's 
seen that wait wait <laughs> what did you what did you, you gotta, you, say? gotta you gotta say it more clearly we couldn't hear you losing it oh, 1983 yes you are <laughs> seriously yes and i'll tell you what. you want to live down to your reputation or i do so okay. i mean look we can talk about this on friday there's I, there are a couple of other things that i i i thought about and i and i and even i, I nearly said no that can't possibly be right like that, that even that is that is too far even for me but i'll tell you what sold it for me like i remember seeing this movie like eons ago so i like i found it on tubi and i watched it again because what jumped out at me was the curtis hansen of it all uh-huh. and that's what why don't we remind our listeners what else curtis hansen has done the bedroom window la confidential um Wonder let's just Boys. you know let not assume that people know yeah um true uh, but he is like won't. eight mile. But he is an he is an excellent director. He's an actor's director. Um, you know, he like he is just he's very he's very fluid uh, with his with his storytelling. Um, and this was an, an this is not his earliest work, but it's an earlier work. And I thought, okay, what you know what this will be interesting to go and watch. So here's what I have to tell you about this movie. Um, it is it is. There is so much more going on in that film than the the title suggests, um, or that the genre suggests. There is no question that the the intention of the studio in making this movie was to do a teen sex exploitation comedy. Like that's obviously what they wanted. That really wasn't what Curtis Hansen was interested in. Um, he gathered a really terrific cast. Other than Tom Cruise, he got Jackie Earl Haley, uh, Breaking Away. Right, like who is just a, a terrific actor. He got Shelley Long, you know, who is fabulous. And he put them all together and he he truly actually directed them. Um, and he let them find characters who actually felt real, kind of in the in the in the midst of all this this madness of all the things um in the movie that are again the the sexploitation elements, right? It's like you've got the nudity, you've got the drugs, you got all this other crap but what you've really got in the middle of it is um you know it's four guys going down to tijuana because they think that you know they're gonna lose their virginity 
But the movie is really about Tom Cruise's character meeting Shelley Long's character. It's not about mm. losing virginity. It's about falling in love for the first time. Mm. Um, and, and that's what really makes the movie actually work. But you almost have to watch it with the hindsight of 2023 and understand the Curtis Hansen of it all kind of understand who those people are um, as as actors and kind of what happened with them to really put it into context. I mean, in, in you know, 1983, I think it was like, a, I think it scores like a whopping 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's like, <laughs> you get it. It's like, it, it, it's, it is not by any stretch of the imagination, and I'm not going to name titles, some of the other movies that came out in 1983. It's just not. But it's interesting. Um, and again, what I found most interesting about it was just that pairing of Curtis Hanson with Tom Cruise. One of the things that also struck me um, was even at that young age, and and uh, and Steve alluded to it with all the right moves, is you can see even this kid, right? Tom Cruise looks like a kid. He looks like my son, except a little older uh, in this movie. Um, he's just, he's, but he's got that charisma. Like he's mm. got that thing that's going on and it is on full display, like in this film. Um, mm. And you just really feel like he is, as an actor, he is committed to finding the real character in the middle of this and that Curtis Hansen is committed to helping him. Um, so simply as a, a matter of, um, of film archaeology, uh, I think <laughs> that it is, I think it's worth a watch, but you need to watch it again in the in the context of who was making it, um, what they were attempting to accomplish with it, and kind of where their careers went. Mm. Okay. What an interesting pick. And all serial kidding aside, that's really, I love your approach and your, your thoughtfulness about it. Uh, and it is a big surprise, I have to say. I'll say this for you. You're unpredictable. I'm, I'm consistent. You know? yeah, yeah, and you're consistent. Yeah, no, no, that's a really interesting. What do you think of that pick, Steve? Well, I, you know, other the films that Tom made in 83, that's the one that I haven't seen. I've seen the, the other three uh, that mm. year. And um, I, I think it had to do with the same reason I didn't see all the right moves that year. The, the marketing of it just looked mm. like, you know, it just looked like a silly teen sex comedy. And I just, even though I was a silly teen and was desperate for sex, uh, I, I was not interested in seeing movies about it for the most part. That's funny. <laughs> And uh, well, actually, losing it came out in 1982. Was it really? Yeah. I uh, know. Uh, it was a it would be it the was greatest 83. geek year ever. It was not 82. It's if you look at IMDb, IMDb is wrong about so many things. Did a lot of research on 82 for obvious reasons. Of course. Yeah, it's like Liquid Sky was in the documentary for a while, but it said 82, and it played a film festival in 82, but it didn't come out in theaters till 83. There's a lot of a lot of that on IMDb where they're 100 percent wrong. Well, then so, what's the use? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, okay. Well, this is interesting because um, my calculus has now changed for hmm. Thursday. It's changed because this is not 1983 week. And, <laughs> Although it could uh, be. <laughs> and I, I used Tom Cruise yeah. week. And I had planned, you know, listeners to this podcast will remember uh, the, the, the great uncomfortableness I had with going to see The Hunger with my mother. Well, if there was an experience that came close to seeing The Hunger with my mom, it was when my mom took me and my friends to see Risky Business. 
<laughs> and uh, while I was busy planning my future uh, as a future entrepreneur, <laughs> trying to figure out when my parents would be going on vacation so <laughs> I could raise money to go to Princeton, um, <laughs> and realized I better start listening to Bob Seger. Um, uh, uh, it was it was a very it was a very un- pleasant uh, uh, um, association having my, my my mom there but I did indeed love that movie and of course it played incessantly on HBO uh, for quite a while after that and you know had the home video and it has one of the great one sheets of all time uh, with Rebecca Duranay on the on the car and uh, uh, Tom with the sunglasses and uh, I could go on and on about risky business as I had planned but that would be a lie because you guys, two movies from 1983. I can't, in good conscience, <laughs> weight this show down with risky business as much as I love it. And I will say, I do think I picked it for like high school confidential week or whatever the hell it was nine years ago, whenever we did it. <laughs> um, and as much as I'd love to pick that movie, because I truly love risky business and it falls into that. Oh, they never make this today, but why? Because it's great. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to move on. I'm going to well, have it's, to I mean, move it's a on. terrific movie. And then that's the movie arguably that made Cruz a star. I mean, that was his breakout film. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It was the film that made him a star. Taps got him on the map, yep. but it yep. was uh, risky business that made Tap him a star map. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, you know, the other thing is you, you long-term listeners show know that as a kid, I was not a fan not a fan of being compared to Harold Ramis and Ghostbusters. Not a fan of that. I didn't like that. I didn't like, oh, you know, you're right, Harold. Oh, Ramis and Ghostbusters. Get a okay. new barber. So in 1986, <laughs> 1986, I had a much more favorable comparison, as hard as it may be to believe. Uh, Tom Cruise uh, uh, was on screen with the great Paul Newman in Color of Money. And everyone said, oh, my God, you look just like Tom Cruise in Color of Money. And at the time, I did. Hmm. And that was a much more favorable comparison. He had the pompadour, <laughs> they had the, the hair and everything. And I was very thin in college. And it was. It only works, <laughs> though, if people walk around you constantly. Yeah. <laughs> and we used to play pool after dinner every day. Did you have a shirt that said Mark? <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't have a shirt like he had the Vinny shirt. I shirt they said more, and and you know of course you know we listened to Eric Clapton a lot because I didn't realize one day he would be like a COVID denier and a guy who didn't believe in vaccines. But at the time, I was a big Eric Clapton fan. So uh, anyway, but I can't pick that because my real pick, my because I'm I'm just doing the math because you threw me off with your stupid picks. I, I was all set to do risky business. I was all set. Yet you've so, already made two picks without making a pick. No, no, no. This is so. <laughs> I'm gonna pick. I, I think to balance the scales of justice. This is a film that I think no one had any expectations for. It came out of nowhere. Um, it it had a a manga, a graphic novel, uh, 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 no kill eye. What the hell was it called? It was uh, it was the, nothing but kill. All you need is all kill. You, all you, you need, need is kill. kill. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you know you could not have called the the movie this, and thank God they didn't. They came up with the second worst title they could have come up with. <laughs> yeah. um, Edge of Tomorrow. I'm going to tell you a story. At first, it's going to sound ridiculous. But the longer I talk... We have to find the keys. The more rational it's going to appear. I can't believe you found coffee. Sugar, right? Yeah. Hold on. Three. You like three. How many times have we been here? How many times? For me, it's been an eternity.
The invasion will fail. We lose everything. I die within five minutes of landing on that beach, along with every other soldier. How did you do that? Come on! Come find me when you wake up! You do know what's happening to me. What happened to you happened to me. You hijacked their power. How do I control it? You have to die. Every day. Keep coming here and I'll train you. Again, again. Your leg's broken. No, I'm good. Then you better start over. Oh, come on. I'm not a soldier. Of course you're not. You're a weapon. They want to conquer the rest of the world. Unless you change the outcome. We are not equipped for what's out there. How many times have we been here? What are you not telling me? It's gonna be dark in a few hours. And curl up by the fire and open a bottle of wine. We should just reset. Whoa! Which right. they and now apparently retitled. Yeah, we uh, live, die, repeat. repeat. Which is the third <laughs> worst title that you could come up with. But um, but Edge of Tomorrow is a terrific, smart, crackerjack science fiction thriller yep. with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt and uh, the late Bill Paxton mm. in a small but pivotal role. It is a high concept. It's, it's Groundhog Day in the future, let's face yeah. it. It's Groundhog Day meets Independence Day. But for some crazy reason, it works like gangbusters. Yeah. And he's great in it because he has this great arc. It's 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 wonderfully directed by Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman, who, who would have thought, and I love Swingers, but who would have thought that yeah. the guy who did Swingers would end up doing The Born Identity and uh, Edge of Tomorrow um, and turn out to be, you know, quite a, quite a great, you know, director. Um, anyway, I think, you know, they this was part of his period, and we'll talk more about them, where he was really doing a ton of sci-fi. You know, um, he was doing a lot of sci-fi movies. And this was sort of the capper on that run of sci-fi movies, and I think it's the best of them. Um, I mean, since we're going to go into Friday anyway, let's sort of go there. I'm going to say, you know, there was Spielberg's Minority Report, which is probably... Yeah. One of the better films, which is sort of sabotaged by its third act. But Oblivion is a great little movie, too. Yeah. Um, and it was some terrific production design. But I think Edge of Tomorrow was the one that brings everything together that just really, really works. And that's what, you know, why it's my pick for Thursday. But yeah, that opens. Uh, that's actually one that I revisited the last week. I, I This last week, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. And I, I loved it when it was in theaters and uh, it held up. Uh, really well, you know, on on Blu-ray. Terrific, clever uh, movie. Terrific uh, action, production design. Uh, you know, great characters. And like you said, Tom Cruise has this wonderful arc going from this sort of cocky, you know, behind the lines, uh, you know, publicity guy for the military to being thrust into, 
you know, frontline combat and having to survive and yeah, and having to endure getting killed over and over and over again. It's really well out. done and it's really smart. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't really think about it, really sure. think about how it would take, you know, everyone else to know what he knows uh, to, for things to move forward. Um but uh, it's it's so well done and uh, it, lots of uh, interesting surprises in it and uh, just it's fun it's fun to watch and it's it's scary and uh, it's uh, it's very realistic for you know a, a alien attack movie um yeah i i really like it too yeah i think it's great and i don't when i when it came out i i could not i went into the theater with some trepidation because, you know, there was kind of like a, a rap on the movie that it was like, ah, eh, it's going to be fine. It's okay. It's whatever. It's, you know, Tom Cruise, like, silliness. What the hell is, you know, is this this movie supposed to be? And I remember walking out of the theater being thoroughly baffled by that perception. Because I, I, I could not understand why that movie was not a monster hit. Because um, some people I, just don't pay attention. That's right. They don't. And it just took them a while to figure out, oh, crap. You know, they, they gave us a pearl. But it was well, it was also a very school. anodyne title, Edge of yeah. Tomorrow. That's what true. does that mean? It sounds yeah. like a bad soap, like a soap opera, opera, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edge yeah. of Tomorrow. Tonight on Edge of Tomorrow. I'd go with yeah. you guys to see Edge of Tomorrow, but I can't come. I'm sorry. Um, when people get paid uh, to come up with these titles. I, it's a marketing department. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who said that's better than all you need is kill? You know what? People would have gone to see them out of all you need is kill. Well, when they should have just called it. It sounds like an insane movie. And you see all this, they would have gone. It would have changed. Should have just called that it all you need is cruise. The marketing campaign, like it would have changed everything. Um, although it reminds me of uh, you know, one of my 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 good friends who was uh, my executive on uh, on on first class who said, you know, Ashley a great movie should never be a surprise. And, you know, what he meant by that was it's like, if you walk into a movie theater and you walk out thinking, wow, that was amazing. And I had no idea. Somebody in marketing screwed up. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Now you sound like you're talking about Starship Troopers. They right. screwed up big time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so that brings us as a bug planet, an ugly planet. <laughs> Would you like to know more? Well, yes, we're going to get to Friday right now. And yeah. here's the the amazing thing: it's just like there are so many movies that um, iconic could, movies at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know that we haven't even you know touched on you know I, I really loved a movie he did a couple years ago that didn't get a lot of love, but he's terrific in was that American Made. Uh, yeah, you know, I want to see that the Barry Seal story. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, that's on my DVR. Uh, yeah, that looked good. Yeah, it's it's really good. And um, but um, obviously, one of, the, one of the few times Cruz played a uh, a real person. Yeah, you know, a movie based on a real a well real person. Also, uh, Ron Kovic and Born of the Fourth. Yeah, Line, yeah, which which, which, is which was going to be my pick because mm, that movie. Mm. Uh, you know, born on the Fourth of July, nineteen eighty nine. Oliver Stone uh, wrote and directed it. The peak of his powers. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Tom Cruise is nominated for an Oscar for leading role, and that was his first breakout, like real dramatic as a serious actor. Yeah, right. He came out of his teenage pictures. And now people like stopped and took notice because then he went on his run and would ultimately do things like Rain Man and Jerry Maguire. You know, serious actor stuff. 
Well, I think Rain Man came out the year before, but um, yeah, but did Born it before Fourth of July? Yeah, but that was yeah. you know that was a comedy basically. It was a yeah. Well, you know what the the funny thing is, I I really detest Born on the Fourth of July because I find it so on the nose and and funny for the same reasons that I find Tropic Thunder funny because <laughs> it's it's so uh, forced, endearing, and and uh, bravery and and stuff, and it just it just didn't hit me in the right place. See, that's how I felt about cocktail. <laughs> yeah. See, that that just shows you what a star he was, or is. Yeah. That he could take that trifle, that nothing movie cocktail, yeah, right? Yeah. About a bartender in the Caribbean or wherever the hell he was. But it also and, has and, Elizabeth's shoe. Yeah. And, it does. and <laughs> yeah, but it and and it is a huge hit because of that and the Beach Boys, that Kokomo. It's oh like God. it's amazing that that movie that anyone went to see the movie. I mean, that is kind of like the Patrick Swayze Roadhouse. You know, it's like it, right. it's such a crazy premise, and yet you know people love it. And Cocktail was like Darn this right, film that was you know, you know Cocktail know, was like Roadhouse for chicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, really great analogy. <laughs> totally, that's so funny, so funny, and uh, what a crazy you know, success story. That was the, you know, the time where it's just like, you know, stars could m m open a movie, you know, regardless of what it was. He's the greatest mixologist in the world. No better bartender than Tom Cruise exists. In a oh, world yeah. where a man I mean, needs a drink and Tom Cruise has a shaker. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's the definition of a movie star, right? He's, he's someone who can open a movie. He's someone that there, who has an audience that will go to see movies that he's in, you yeah. know, just because of him. Theoretically, yes. Theoretically. You know, but you know right. I was really excited when he was hired to take over United Artists. I have this thing for United Artists. I, you know, it's this great legendary studio that, you know, sort of got, you know, died in 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 the uh, the mid 80s you know there was a victim of heaven's gate and everything else in transamerica and stuff and it was so great because i think it was the 90s when you know uh, mgm unit ua you know they they were combined as a company in the late 80s and they said okay we're going to hire tom cruise and his producing partner paul Weinstein, and they're going to revive Wagner. this famous paul label Wagner. that mary pickford and charlie chaplin started and um I thought, oh, that's really cool because, you know, it could be really interesting. We make interesting choices and do interesting movies. And, you know, he, people can't say no to him. And what do they do? You know, Lions for Lambs and Valkyrie. Now, Valkyrie is an interesting movie. I, I, I don't think it's without it's, 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 um, it's successful in a lot of ways, but, uh, you know, United Artists did not amount to anything that, that uh, tenure. That, that always reminded me of a skit from the uh, Carol Burnett uh, show called The Plot to Hurt Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was not he was not particularly well cast in that role. Yeah. Um, but um but there's a lot of things I like about it. It's a great Chris McQuarrie script, and I thought Brian did a really nice job directing it. Um, but it's always like a lot of these films where you know you have Americans and British playing Nazis, mm -hmm. it just it takes you out of the movie. Yeah. You know, the the sort of suspension of disbelief when you don't have German actors or actors playing Germans, right? Um, I, I think I think you you mentioned these two films uh, earlier, and uh, I, I think that we have to talk more in depth about them because they're both really great. Uh, one is Rain Man, and uh, the other is Jerry Maguire. Um, mm -hmm. These are both amazing movies that uh, that Tom is amazing in both of them. 
it's when I first saw Rain Man, uh, I think it was uh, in about what 1990, 91? 88. But when I saw it, oh, oh you didn't see it when it came out. Yeah, I didn't see it when it came out because I was busy. Um, but uh, it was so good. And of course, you know, uh, Dustin Hoffman is, uh, is uh, iconic in it. But, he has the showier performance, but Tom but Cruise Tom is great. Tom Cruise is doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, he has to anchor it. Because yeah. he has to be, he has to appear normal and uh, react normally to what is happening to him. And it's just so well done. He has such an amazing arc in that film. And uh, it, just some, some wonderful performances, you know, to be able to take a, a guy who's basically an asshole and turn him into someone that you actually care about is truly a great a great job. Yeah. Um, and uh, as, as schmaltzy as uh, as it is, Jerry Maguire is really has its heart in the right place. Uh, it's a little over the top, but some amazing performances in there as well. And uh, some really emotional parts as well. Uh, he was he was nominated for another Oscar for that mm-hmm. that performance. And he won the Golden Globe for Jerry Maguire. Right. <laughs> the, the you movie know, is, is, I think, better than it, frankly. I, it, on paper, it's 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 greater than the sum of its parts in a lot of ways, and I think mm-hmm. there are things about it um, that stick. I mean, for a while, you know, it was all about Cuba getting, you know, shouting, "Show me the money, show me the money." Well, yeah, but it's, I think it's better than all the catchphrases from it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think to me, that's why you don't complete me. <laughs> yeah, that too. That was a thing for a while, mm-hmm. but the thing that sticks for me anyway that keeps coming back that like keeps that movie alive like in my forebrain and not like you know kind of tucked away with the, the rest of the boxes is is the letter that he writes mm-hmm. the things we think mm-hmm. but do not say yep. because that was a theme of the movie and it was uh it was it was very focused on what that theme was it was really all about you're pretending to be one person but the only way you know that you can get out of whatever situation you're in um, is to say those things that you are thinking, um, you know, mm. to to kind of make the real uh, the real you apparent, and, and 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 be that person. And I think like it's it's it elevates uh, Jerry Maguire from rom com, yeah, um, or a story about a super agent who because he, he makes this Im- immense effort in his uh, professional life, but he needs to do it in his personal life, yeah. And that's what the movie is about. Yep. That's interesting. I, um, I, you know, I have to say, well, I have so much respect for him because as he was growing and became a movie star, he wanted to grow as an actor. So he started working with so many great directors to hone his craft, you know, whether it was Martin Scorsese in Color of Money or um, most famously Stanley Kubrick in Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. where he just, you know, and for a guy who's completely controlling um, uh, Cruz, he was willing to to release that to Kubrick, the most right. controlling to director, to someone who was equally as controlling, yeah, yeah. or more so, and <laughs> yeah. who, who, and he spent, you know, weeks turned into months, turned into years, you know, doing this movie, and he never complained about it, and he just lived the experience, and it's really remarkable. And whatever you think of that film, I happen to like it quite a bit, I but do um, uh, whatever you think of that film, it, it's a real testament to Tom Cruise how seriously he took his career yeah. and himself as an actor and not just an icon. Yep. We got we got a tough time programming Friday, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, we haven't talked about again the elephant in the room, which of <laughs> course is the film that has become uh, synonymous with him, 
which is the Mission Impossible films. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm going to have a quiz now because I can't tell which one was which. If I say Mission <laughs> Impossible 4, what, what happened there versus Mission Impossible 6, they all blend together. It's not like the Bond movies. I can tell you exactly what yeah. the plot. The, yeah. the Mission Impossible movies, as good as they are, as good a confections as they are, they all blend together. Like Ghost Protocol versus Rogue Nation versus right. Fallout versus I well, don't remember what For someone who doesn't know, you got them in the correct order. That's true. Oh, <laughs> see, there you go. But I, I do. Are. I do. I think if I had to pick, I think the Brad, uh, the Brad, uh, the Brad Bird, Bird. one was yeah. was the best. Although closely followed by Chris McCory's first one, which I like the which was uh, Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. I love that one. That is my absolute favorite because it has yeah. it has so many amazing scenes and a lot of you know direct lifts from the original show, which I also love. But it has a great plot so and well a great done. score by Joe Kramer. Absolutely. And I feel yeah, Fallout felt like what it was, a pastiche of a bunch of different scenes that really never yeah, hold Which together. is also, it's also fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like those, I think those movies are, they when they really work, like when they found the formula and Ghost Protocol, like uh, then those, those set pieces always work. And a lot of that has to do with how committed Tom Cruise is yeah, to absolutely. those set pieces, right? Um, but I think for the most part, like the, the, the plots of the movies are essentially the, the bad guy presents a problem. The team gets together and talks about the thing they're going to do. They do the thing. The team gets back together. They talk about the thing they just did and talk about what's the next thing they need to do. And they, they you know, live, die, repeat until they kind of get to the end of the movie. Well, they um, get exposed. They, they're yeah. vulnerable. Something yeah. happens. They got to regroup and, and disavow. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. And then it's just a bunch of really amazing escalating set right. pieces. It's like, and apparently, Warren figuring out his real name every movie. It's like, and no, apparently, okay, we get it. Apparently, the, 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 the next one, the two part one, right, is supposed to be just completely insanely spectacular. Well, I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I love me too. Movies. It's going to be awesome. Um, I know. And he's never let you down. You get your money's worth with these films. Even the J.J. Yeah. Abrams one. Three. Oh, yeah. J.J. Mm -hmm. was good. It's great. Especially after the John Woo it's uh, second great. film. It's great. And, you yeah. know, uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman mm. is so freaking good in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just so frightening and real and sinister. And oh, my God, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. J.J. basically made, you know, a big budget. Alias episode that really worked. Sure, <laughs> that's a great way to describe. <laughs> it. it might be my favorite movie of his. Yeah, it absolutely is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, Mission Impossible Three is so much fun, and yep. it really, in a way, set the template for the future of the franchise far more than De Palma's Outlier did, and certainly yeah. more than John Woo's mess of uh, Mission Impossible Two, which was yeah. just a ripoff of Notorious done badly. Right. Which, which was painful to watch because at the time, you know, I was a huge fan of John Woo's, you know, Hong Kong films mm -hmm. and he's coming mm -hmm. to America and he's going to do Mission Impossible. And it was such a disappointment. And the luminous uh, Andy Newton. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but later we got the luminous Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, yeah, oh, that is true. Yeah. Terrific uh, villain uh, later but, in the series. But I would yep. pick none of those films for Friday because those movies, the, I mean, look, uh, obviously Tom Cruise anchors those films. But even the reason why we're talking about those films is because of the, the the stunt work. And so you can't, I don't know that you can really say like, well, you know, I mean, Ghost Protocol. Although then the only reason why I would say Ghost Protocol, again, is because it, it established the new formula that mm -hmm. has become successful. And it established the bar against which all the other set pieces are compared. I think you right. could argue if we ever did best stunts movies, 
uh, best stunts or, you know, that it would be, you know, certainly one of those films, if not more, would show up in that week. Um, uh, but maybe you're right, time. because if you look at what he does as Ethan Hunt, which is totally serviceable, it's great. You know, he does he does everything that he needs to do and more. Um, but look at it, you know, Collateral. Where he really is terrific. Yeah. I mean, and and I, unexpected. And Michael Mann is a true auteur, and um, you know, it, it it's it's a really interesting film. Um, Love Collateral. It's terrific, and it's like it's got like it's just a great little two hander. Um, it's really it's a relationship drama. Um, you know, it is also arguably a movie about a man who meets the devil. It was as I can change your life mm -hmm. and make it better. Yeah, <laughs> but it's going to cost you something. Yeah. Um, and Tom Cruise plays the devil. And I think the thing that's special about that film is that it's so outside, like like Les Grossman, it is so <laughs> outside of what we normally associate with his film persona. It is all of the charisma. It is all of the intensity. Um, but it's, you know, it, 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 it turns it towards a particular darkness that, uh, that he otherwise doesn't really give us. So it's, it's interesting to watch him in there. So we're agreed. It's going to be cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I think strongly think that risky business should be the pick. I, I was going to say the same thing. So your folks are going out of town. Just use your best judgment. You know we trust you. You got the place all to yourself. <laughs> A good time, Joe. In the privacy of your own home. Just take those old records off the shelf. That's her. She's fantastic. Yeah. I said listen to them by myself. Did you have a good time last night? <laughs> I had a great time. Day's music ain't got the same song. Yeah, we get high, Joe. Don't let me do anything stupid. Don't worry. I like that old time rock and roll. Who's the U-boat commander? Don't try to take me to a disco. I don't remember giving permission for a party, Joe. A party? I still like that old time rock and roll. I've got a trig midterm tomorrow, and I'm being chased by Guido, the killer pimp. Kind of music just soothes the soul. Doesn't anyone want to accomplish anything, or do we just want to make money? Make money. Make a lot of money. There's a time for playing it safe. And a time for risky business. Uh, risky really? Business. I would yeah. totally go for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was painful to give it up on Thursday. I really wanted to do it. I think but it I has like to be because so... it is the touchstone that sort of that sparked his career. And uh, it's it's such a good movie, even now. Uh, wow. It is a beautiful, brilliant I'm, film. I'm glad you brought that up because that was a movie that defined the zeitgeist of that year. I mean, it was everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. It was huge. And I feel that over the years, this is one of these films that has lost its following for a lot of reasons um, and that people don't know. And it also because Paul Brickman really only went on and did one other, I think it was Men Don't Leave, and then that was it. And we left, really, which is weird. I mean, he was like the Terrence Malick of teen comedies or whatever. Interesting. But um, <laughs> Risky Business is such a risky movie and yeah. so beautifully shot and so unlike anything. This is the era of like Porky's and My Chauffeur and My Tutor and Private Lessons and all this crap. <laughs> and Risky Business the what, was the filet mignon. <laughs> they were all hamburgers. This was a filet mignon at, at Musso's 
And, you know, I think you knew it even as a teenager watching that movie that this was not this other crap. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just love the movie, the way it looks, the dialogue. He's great. And Rebecca, Rebecca de Mornay is fantastic. The Tangerine Dream score. It's awesome. such a great movie. Yep. Um, you know, my name is Joel Goodson. I'm Who's the submarine a- commander? <laughs> no, no, who's the U-boat commander? Yes, U-boat yes. Commander. I mean, and uh, good, good Lord, Joel, Princeton so can use a man like I'm you, like, Joel. Yes. Yeah. That's the best. It's like, and it's, 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 you know, the thing that's kind of honest about that film, other than the fact that you, and this is both, this is a combination of the directing, the script, and Tom Cruise. Um, but you believe Joel as a person. He is a three-dimensional human. Um, mm-hmm. who's having this insane adventure. And you believe because, him as a high school student. Yes, which is also crazy. And, and and that's what makes it all work because he so effectively grounds it. Yeah. Right? That you don't doubt any of it for a second because he's right there with you going, I can't believe this is And then he totally right. gets in over his head. Yeah. Yep. And you worry yeah. for him. You think he's not going to pull this stuff off. Joey Pants. Joey gonna... Pants shows up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow it all works out. But it's like, but it works wow. out in the best possible way. Yeah. I don't remember um, giving permission for a party, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. And so this is one of these movies. I think this is why this is a great pick. A lot of people listening to the show maybe haven't seen it. Maybe they're young. Maybe they just thought it was some dopey teen comedy. Go see Risky Business. You will not regret it. It may, I'm just talking about now. I want to rewatch it right now. Yeah. yeah. But don't go with your mother. Don't go with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should you. probably at least mention a couple other uh, of, of his uh, famous roles. There's Ridley Scott's Legend. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Wow. Yeah, there is. Um, we have, you know, we mentioned Color of Money, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Um, we have... Uh, uh, a few good men, Jack Nicholson. Oh my God! Oh my yes, God! How did we not talk about a few good you men? You can't handle the truth. Uh, apparently, <laughs> I deserve an answer. <laughs> Look, that is a freaking great movie, and maybe yeah. that should be for the play, the thing, the plays, the thing. That's week, for you know. That's for Kevin mm. Pollock week. Play, <laughs> plays that were adapted to the big screen, or Rob Reiner week, or um, uh, Kevin Pollock week. That's very funny. <laughs> You know, less is more, Debbie Moore week or, or military week. I don't know. Because that, that movie is so good. Yeah. yeah. It's Code yeah. Red week on the 430 movie. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll give you all a Code Red. And then, of course, there's Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia, Magnolia. where uh, yeah. Cruz scored another uh, Oscar nomination. It's a, for his it's a movie supporting where role. he lives on my old street. You know what movie is also a terrific movie, but I don't think he has a substantial enough role that it deserves uh, a consideration for Friday, is The Outsiders. Francis Ford Coppola's The Outsiders, which has a great ensemble cast of young up-and-coming actors and is beautifully shot by Coppola. And Um, not a lot of it was outside. Yeah, it's weird. His his role is quite small, and yes. I just re- revisited that oh one this week as well. And it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, but but you know, as you say, he stands out. He's got that charisma. I, I also yeah. rewatched Taps. Oh yeah, uh, this week, and he's got a Taps. small role in Taps. I remembered but, him from Taps. Yes, yep. he's, uh, at the time he stood out when I first saw the movie. I said, "Who is this guy?" Well, first of all, because he reminded me of a of a kid who was in my high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
It, you, it's funny because you know when uh, when all these other movies started coming, I say that's the guy from Taps. He's the he's the villain in that movie too. Yeah. He's great. I mean, he's terrific in it. And, yeah, you're right. He, he doesn't do that again until Collateral. No, I think the um, uh, and I think I've probably talked about this before, but like there is a a very revelatory moment for me. Um, in, in in terms of who Tom Cruise is as an actor and kind of why he works, uh, AFI uh, had a revival of you know Top Gun that they did on the big screen. I thought, cool, I haven't seen Top Gun on the big screen since it came out. Let's go, let's go see it. Mm-hmm. And the scene where you know you know he's you know he's just sort of it, it's it's not. You know, we're spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Where like bad things happen to uh, to, to Goose, but it's a, uh, you know, it's like I, I forget what the the setup was. He just he kind of got his ass kicked, and Iceman comes in, or Iceman, as uh, Michael Ironside <laughs> likes to say it, comes in and just kind of lets him have it, but in that sort of cold, weirdly empathetic, wise but fuck you kind of way that Val Kilmer mm. brings to it. And Tom Cruise is just sitting there. He is doing nothing but sitting there. And it is all on his face at 40 feet high, right? It's like things are happening on that guy's face, on that kid's face. There's so many, number one, beautiful kid. Number two, like incredible charisma. Number three, just what he is able to do so subtly you know, with his expressions and acting in that way. And so if you, you know, imagine yourself sitting in a movie theater in the 1980s and like, and hey, sometimes people had VHS and all this other kind of crap and you're watching these films and that's how you experience it. It's 40 feet high Mm. and you're looking at this guy. Of course you fall in love with him. Of course Mm. you remember him. Of course he makes an impression. You know, it's just, he's he has a gift in that way. Yeah. Well, Steve, are you on board with the risky business? Uh, I was going to go with the mummy. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, you know, how, yeah, risky business, terrific movie, uh, okay. iconic, iconic performance. Friday is risky business, and before we wrap up our season premiere of season six, I got to ask you guys: Had Tom Cruise starred as Iron Man, would we still have the MCU ten years later? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I think it would be different. Absolutely. But I, I think I think Tom Cruise would have brought his uh, charisma to the table. Uh and I, I think it would have been a slightly different performance certainly. Uh and it wouldn't have had the uh the you know the parallel to uh you know Robert Downey Jr's true story uh mm-hmm. to to go along with it to give it that extra depth um but i i think it i think it would have been i think it would have been successful certainly was he considered he, for that role oh yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah, attached yeah. Oh, to for one I, mean, I don't think it would have been unsuccessful i don't think it would have been a phenomenon and i'll tell you here's what i think the difference is I don't disagree with anything you said, um, but I think that the the difference between those two guys in that role, other than Robert Downey Jr. is clearly like bringing something personal to it, and he has like a real stake in it, mm-hmm. um, is that I, I think you don't put Tom Cruise in a movie, you cover his face for half of it. Yeah. Um, and the thing about Robert Downey Jr. is another guy who is like 
you know, supernaturally gifted with, you know, good looks and charisma and all that other stuff. That guy has a voice for radio. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and there's a, a lot of that. And Tom Cruise's voice is a little bit whiny. Yeah. I also. And, and, and he also can deliver that Shane Black dialogue. And it was Shane Black dialogue. Yeah. I, I also think that um, the, um, the lovable narcissism of Robert Downey Jr. that was such a big part of the success movie would come across as cockiness and arrogance yeah. uh, with Cruz, and it would not have worked the way it did with um, with Robert Downey Jr., where you love him despite the fact that he's this egotistical narcissist. In fact, you know, it just makes him more appealing. And Maybe. I'm not sure that would be the case with... I with, think a lot of that has to do with the script, though, and, and how yeah. the story is told. So yeah. just to be fair, I, I, I think Tom Cruise could have pulled it off. Just to be yeah. fair, we don't want to hurt his career, so we should just be fair to Tom. Um, okay. Well, this was what a what a come. Some call it a comeback. Here we are. Uh, don't call it a comeback. A, We've been here for years. The four thirty movie, the four thirty movie team, and obviously we're so grateful to uh, the great Mark Rivera, um, who continued to stay with us, uh, uh, providing these beautiful sound mixes for us. So of course. Um, uh, Peter Holmstrom, our archivist and producer, who's uh, so great at picking all the clips uh, that accompany the broadcast. And of course, you for, you know, staying with us after that long hiatus and returning to the scene of the crime, <laughs> returning to 1983. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we got some great shows coming up this season. Um, we're going to go straight on to our next hiatus. So, uh, uh, don't miss a single week of uh, 4.30 Movie. New episodes drop every week wherever you listen to podcasts. And we hope you'll listen to our sister podcast, Inglorious Trexperts, if you're a fan of Star Trek and Trek-adjacent subjects. <laughs> and um, let's remind our audience of what they'll be watching this week, starting with Monday, Steve Melching. Monday, it's Tom Cruise, Leah Thompson, and Craig T. Nelson as the coach in All the Right Moves. On Tuesday, Darren Docterman. Tom Cruise is Les Grossman, the god of tropic thunder. <laughs> On Wednesday, Ashley Edward Miller. On Wednesday, along with Jackie Earl Haley, Shelley Long, and director Curtis Hansen, you and Tom Cruise will be losing it. <laughs> And on Thursday, you're living life on the edge where you got to be, edge of tomorrow. And on Friday, it's the one that started it all, but not really. That was endless love. Um, it's risky business. Risky business. And what a week that is. And we could probably do a whole second week, but we're not going to. You like so, trains, Joel? And you know, the funny thing is we're calling it. We're calling this episode Cruise Control, and yet he's never been on Cruise Control. He puts 110% in every movie he does. Yeah. There's no Cruise Control for Tom Cruise. And I think we've seen that. Uh, what a diverse and interesting and eclectic career filled with blockbusters, smaller movies, comedies, uh, uh, interesting cameos. Just mm -hmm. really, really fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's one of the last movie stars. So... Uh, it's wonderful, and he has a you know big, big movie coming out this summer for Paramount. The new Mission Impossible will be coming out, following on the heels of his huge success with Top Gun Maverick. So he keeps uh, he has the alchemy It'll to make movie magic. Since 1983. <laughs> That's right. So until next week, when we return with an all-new theme week, on behalf of Steve Melching, Darren Dockerman, Ashley Edward Miller, myself, Mark A. Altman, 
I don't rattle close intro. <laughs> I was going to say, keep on drifting gloriously, of course. I, oh, right, right. Eyewitness, right. Thank you. Okay, now I remember. So let's do this again. So on behalf of Steve Melching, Darren Dockerman, Ashley Miller, myself, Mark A. Altman, Eyewitness News starts now.